0: License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com.
1: The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now... Here are Todd and Oz. It is
2: 533 here on the Todd and Oz Show. It's the Wednesday edition. So glad you chose to join us. Yeah, dive in at 512-836-0590. we begin with the big stories. The Senate's considering a bipartisan border security plan, but the prospects are quickly dimming. Meanwhile, House Republicans,
3: they fall short in a key vote last night. The yeas are 214 and the nays are 216. The resolution is not adopted. House Speaker Mike Johnson reading the stunning results of the House vote, failing after three GOP House members, Ken Buck, Tom McClintock, and Mike Gallagher, all voted against impeachment, sending shockwaves throughout Capitol Hill. Gallagher's vote made it 215 to 214 in favor of impeachment, until Democratic Congressman Al Green, wearing a hospital gown, was wheeled into the chamber following surgery, casting a last-minute vote against impeachment, resulting in a 215 to 215 tie. A Fourth Republican member then changed his vote from yes to no to allow the vote to be taken up again later. Afterwards, Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene said Democrats tricked the Republicans into this defeat.
4: They hid one of their members uh, waiting to the last minute uh, watching to see our votes.
3: Republican Chip Roy arguing before the vote for Mayorkas's impeachment. The Secretary of Homeland Security. ...has blatantly ignored the laws of the United States he is charged to faithfully execute. While Democrat James McGovern spelling out the reasons against. This could be the first time in American history an impeachment will go to the floor of the United States House of Representatives with no evidence. Now Mayorkas may yet be impeached. Republicans plan to bring the articles back upon the return of Steve Scalise, who missed yesterday's vote as he undergoes cancer treatments. Then another shocker as Speaker Johnson brought a standalone Israel funding package to the floor requiring a two-thirds majority vote in favor that also failed, 250 to 180. Democrat Rashida Tlaib voting against the $17.5 billion aid package.
5: I'm tired of my colleagues coming to me
0: whispering.
3: I don't really like Netanyahu. Well, then why are we sending them billions of dollars with no conditions? Earlier in the day in the Senate, Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell admitting after their weekly caucus lunch, the border security deal finalized over the weekend is dead. And it's been... Made pretty clear to us uh, by the Speaker that it will not become law. John Stolness, Washington. Meanwhile, the state
2: attorney general has sent a letter to the Senate saying he and 14 other attorney generals don't like what Joe Biden is doing on the border. In
6: the letter, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says lawmakers need to eliminate incentives for aliens to come to the country, eliminate policies, definitions, and loopholes that allow them to illegitimately enter and stay incredibly fortify national deportation efforts. They also don't like that the border security funding is being used as a quote bargaining chip to secure foreign aid for Ukraine and Israel. The letter also called on Congress to authorize the states to enforce existing federal immigration
2: laws. That's newsman Austin York reporting. It is 536 U.S. national security officials. They continue to issue warnings about the potential impact of a disruption of aid to Ukraine. Pentagon on Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh discussed the issue during a briefing Tuesday.
5: If the U.S. stops support to Ukraine, we should be clear-eyed about the repercussions. Putin is not going to stop in his quest for power and control beyond Ukraine's borders toward NATO.
3: National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the current pause in
2: American aid to Ukraine is being watched carefully.
3: There are a lot of eyes on us right now, certainly in our allies and partners and some adversaries as well. The last U.S. aid allotted for Ukraine was used in late December, leading Singh to say...
5: We can do the responsible thing and pay now to help Ukraine or we can pay much more later to counteract the gains we would hand Vladimir Putin and an emboldened Russia.
7: Kevin Yuretsky, Fox
2: News. It is 536. Parents of mass shooters can be held responsible. That's the decision from a Michigan jury yesterday afternoon.
0: On count one of involuntary manslaughter as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter.
5: The verdict makes Jennifer Crumbly the first parent in the United States to be held responsible for a child carrying out a mass school attack. Prosecutors say she had a duty under state law to prevent her son, who was 15 at the time, from harming others and for failing to get help for Ethan Crumbly's mental health. I would submit to you, this is not some master plan where Mrs. Crumbly decides she's going to suddenly say there's no signs. First of all, there's no evidence. Of signs mrs crumbly knew about the question about why jennifer
0: Crumley didn't take one of these small small actions secure the
5: gun find out where the gun is it moves large
7: craig Schilling, the father of victim justice Schilling, had this to say it was a, a long time coming but it's definitely a, a step toward the accountability like what we've been talking about um it's, it's kind of been our goal the whole time um It was uh, tough to wait it out, for sure. Um, There was a lot of emotion back here and in the courtroom. It's not really about winning or losing. You know, it's about, um, you know, making it apparent that, you know, this has to stop. Jennifer Crumbly will get credit for roughly two and a half years in the county jail when she returns to court for
5: sentencing on April 9th. The maximum term for involuntary manslaughter is 15
7: years. It is your choice. To have a child and you cannot choose to not take care of your child, you cannot choose to not nurture your child, you cannot choose to um, take your own interests over your child, especially when it comes to mental health. Sound courtesy WXYZ. I'm Lisa Dwyer.
2: It is 538. A woman has been arrested and charged with multiple felonies, including impersonating a public servant, robbery and theft after allegedly forcibly pulling over a car and pretending to be a cop before robbing the victims of their IDs and other belongings. It's according to court documents, Westlake Hills Police Department officers they responded to a call of a robbery in progress in West Austin. KICBS Austin reporter Andrew Freeman explains. Friday, a car
3: full of women fell victim to such a crime with suspect Evelyn Ibarra Fernandez allegedly telling them she was a police officer after chasing them into the Trailview Mesa neighborhood where they were. According to court documents, she pulled one of the victims out of the car and started going through their belongings, taking IDs, credit cards, a cell phone, AirPods, and more than $800 in cash. The affidavit says despite a language barrier, the women resisted Ibarra Fernandez until the real police showed up. Mm. She was detained until Travis County Sheriff's deputies arrived. The documents say she denied stealing anything or ever impersonating a police officer. She also told deputies she was only trying to help the back passenger who she thought was drugged.
2: Fernandez was taken into custody at the scene. She's charged with third-degree felony count of impersonating a public servant, second-degree felony count of robbery by assault, and a state jail felony of theft from a person. It is 5.40. As expected last night, President Joe Biden easily won the Democratic primary in Nevada.
6: As the incumbent, President Biden had been widely expected to carry the primary. Author Marion Williamson was also on the ballot. On the Republican side, Nikki Haley faced no major challenger Tuesday in Nevada's presidential primary, but still lost as voters had a choice to reject all the candidates on the ballot and instead choose to vote for none of these candidates. That choice came out on top. Thanks to a change in state law in 2021, Nevada will also hold caucuses Thursday, in which former President Trump will participate in, but Haley will not. Ted Lindner, Fox News. The chair of the Republican National Committee may soon be stepping down.
5: A published report says RNC Chair Ron McDaniel plans to resign following the South Carolina primary February 24th. She reportedly told former President Trump of her intentions after he hinted in an interview Monday that McDaniel needed to step down. She had been coming under criticism in recent months, so for the RNC's fundraising. According to the New York Times, Trump is expected to throw his support behind North Carolina GOP chair Michael Watley. While Trump can make a recommendation, a new election must take place before it's a done deal. Sue Guswin Fox News. It is
1: 541. Media Minute with Howard Kurtz. Even on a very busy day in Washington, the top story for the media, hour after hour, was a federal appellate panel, two Democratic appointees, one Republican appointee, saying Donald Trump can be put on trial for trying to stay in power after 2020, an unprecedented assault on the structure of our government. We cannot accept Foreign President Trump's claim that a president has unbounded authority to commit crimes and giving him only six days to appeal to the Supreme Court. And tomorrow, the Supreme Court will hear Trump's other appeal of being kicked off the ballot in Maine and Colorado. So I see the possibility of a split decision here. I can't imagine the justices allowing Trump to be kicked off the ballot in Maine and Colorado. At the same time, if they uphold the immunity case or they could just not take it at all, then that would be allow the trials to go forward. And you haven't heard the last of this. With your Media Minute, Howie Kurtz,
8: Fox News.
2: It is 5.50. Welcome back to the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us at 512 512-836-0590. Samsung's massive new semiconductor plant in the city of Taylor is now just months away from launching operations. You've probably driven by and seen the cranes and all the work over there. All of this according to County Judge Bill Gravel. Now, uh, this week, who recently uh, returned from a trip to South Korea, Gravel met with the CFO of Samsung Worldwide.
1: He said, uh, other than New York and Los Angeles, the most well-named n- n- uh... The most well-known named city in the Republic of Korea was the city of Taylor, Texas. Yeah,
2: Gravel says he has learned that Taylor plants will begin taking on employees no later than July the 1st with manufacturing kicking off shortly thereafter. It is 5.51, and with a look at Wednesday business, here is reporter Jessica Edinger.
4: Wall Street opens today after a winning day yesterday for the markets, the Dow clawing back some of Monday's losses. It was up 140 points yesterday. Disney's ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers teaming up for a new
3: sports streaming super app. A new streaming sports platform that will offer all of their current sports programming available to cable subscribers on this new yet to be named, yet to be priced app. Not including our parent company Comcast and NBC Sports, and not including Paramount, CBS, but bringing together a lot of sports programming. We're talking about football, basketball, baseball, hockey, a lot of college sports, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Big East, the SEC, and on from there. NCAA championships. Uh, golf, Grand Slam tennis, cycling. CNBC's David Faber. Ford
4: and Chipotle shares each popped last night in after hours trading on strong quarterly results. Snapchat parent Snap lost a quarter of its value after hours on disappointing revenues and earnings guidance. Eli Lilly out with blowout quarterly results after a strong launch for ZepBound, the weight loss drug, and its diabetes drug
5: Manjaro.
7: I don't even think the drugs are really in the majority of America yet. This is pretty much a metropolitan area drug: New York, Miami, L.A., Dallas, Middle America. I don't even think close. Eli Lilly put that Lilly Direct business in operation. That's to get the drug into people who actually need it, medically obese by definition. That we haven't really seen in numbers yet. And yet, Zepbound did almost two hundred million dollars in one month. Right. So you annualize that, not so bad. The zoo host
4: Jared Holtz on CNBC. On today's watch list, we get a lot of earnings, including a biggie, Disney, plus Mattel, Hilton, Uber, Roblox, PayPal, and Yum! Brands, which owns KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell.
2: That is reporter Jessica Edinger. Scientists in Massachusetts say they're making some progress in diagnosing a brain disease.
4: Researchers at Boston University say they're closer to diagnosing chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE in people who are still alive. Historically CTE has only been diagnosed after a person dies and an autopsy is performed. The new study looks at the connection between cognitive and behavioral symptoms and protein buildup in the brain that marks CTE with the severity of problems with memory and executive function. Neuropathologists looked at 11 brain regions commonly affected in CTE in 364 brain donors using information about the donor's symptoms as supplied by family members and friends. The researchers say their findings are one step closer to making a diagnosis in life rather than death. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News.
2: Many of the nation's top college football prospects can finalize their uh, playing futures
6: on National Signing Day. Timpson, Texas native Terry Bussey has narrowed his choices to LSU, Texas A&M, and Georgia. Bussey threw for 76 touchdowns, rushed for 93, and intercepted 24 passes in his high school career. North Palm Beach, Florida's Amari Williams has already committed to Florida State, but has yet to sign on with the Seminoles. Southern Cal and Texas are still said to be interested in Williams. Former Arizona cornerback Takario Davis entered the transfer portal after Wildcats coach Jed Fish moved on to Washington. Davis could be headed to either Colorado, Texas, Alabama, or he could join Fish with the Huskies. Bob Mortale, Fox News.
2: A former actress from The Mandalorian is firing back at Disney. Gina Carano sued Disney and Lucasfilm for firing her from The Mandalorian in 2021
0: over a social media post in which she compared the current cancel culture and political tribalism to being Jewish during the Holocaust. The lawsuit, which was filed in California Federal Court, alleges wrongful termination and discrimination, as well as a demand that the company recast her and pay thousands and punitive damages. Elon Musk is funding the soup. In her post, it reads in part, to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Michelle Polino, Fox News.
1: The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz.
2: It's the Wednesday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Yeah, use that number to text us. Uh, You can use that number to call us as well. Man, we've got a lot to get to. We can talk about this Tucker Carlson-Vladimir Putin interview if you wish. We'd love to hear from you on that one, too, because... Maybe the only place you're going to be able to see it is on uh, on X. That may be the only place you'll get the uh, unedited version. Yeah. And without a slanted version about it, a true unbiased opinion about it, right?
8: Yeah, just, just raw as
2: it was live to tape. That's right. Yeah. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Also, we're learning some new insights, uh, you know, in regards to this Zoom meeting with a possible city manager candidate here in Austin. Uh, revealing that we may get uh, uh, the worst city manager or just as bad of a city manager. This guy uh, reveals himself as uh, Mr. Bozeman is his name, I think it is, from Montana. Uh, this, uh, this guy that's possibly a candidate for city manager here in Austin. In a Zoom meeting earlier this week, kind of blasting the process for selecting a city manager as kind of a beauty contest uh. in the name of transparency. And those folks in Austin, Texas are full of S, is what he says, (laughs) pretty much, right? The process is just whacked, he says.
8: My guess is being caught on a hot mic saying something like that about your potential new employer, probably not going to get you the job, just would be my guess. Sounds like it pays pretty well, though.
2: Well, it, it, it also reveals uh, some of the shady business dealings uh, that go on behind the scene. Mike Levy, formerly of uh, the Austin, you know, the Public Safety Commission, he's been involved as an, an activist, a business owner, an entrepreneur here in town. And he quotes Bozeman, city manager. We, we're probably going to get somebody that's just as bad or worse than the previous guy because they make the process a beauty contest for the sake of transparency and community involvement despite the pleas from some of the headhunters who were saying, "Hey, let's keep this on the hush-hush mm. so we can pick uh, you know, the right person for the job." Uh, jump in here at
8: 512-836-0590. I wonder how much of that sort of dog and pony show is is because, you know, they got in such hot water when they were looking when ultimately they hired Spencer Cronk and, you know, they were, you know, putting on fake noses and wigs and going hiding in secret locations in the airport so they could have their meetings and I, I, so I wonder if now they're going overboard and say, oh, no, no, look how transparent and wonderful we are. But I, this guy, I, I don't think he's going to end up being the, the pick.
2: Yeah, listen, uh, I don't think so either. That's that's pretty obvious the yeah. way he was talking about the city. Yeah. Uh, jump in here, 512-836-0590. They failed to uh, impeach Mayorkas last night. Just didn't get the votes uh, to make it happen.
8: Yeah, yeah, I I think there are a lot of people out there who are very very obviously mean, a, a lot of people were shocked as it happened. But uh, what do you think? Were you shocked? I, well, I, I guess I, I wouldn't say shocked. I, I I was a little surprised because it, it seemed like they were steamrolling right toward it. But the way things go with the the Republican Party nowadays, where you know they just can't seem to unify uh, behind a certain you know push. Uh, I, I I wasn't shocked. Now, Here's reporter Brooke Singman.
4: Utah Congressman Blake Moore was one of four Republicans to vote against the impeachment, but he cast his vote with a purpose. A last-minute switch to no actually allows him to demand a re-vote at a later date, meaning Republicans still have a chance to impeach the secretary once they have just one more vote, like when Majority Whip Steve Scalise returns from his cancer treatments. But the White House says it is all just political theater, saying, quote, clearly there is bipartisan agreement that this base unconstitutional impeachment stunt should fail. House Republicans ought to realize that extreme political stunts like this are a waste of time and instead join the president, Secretary Mayorkas, and Republicans and Democrats who want to work together to deliver real solutions that actually strengthen border security.
2: Yeah, force House Republicans, four of them, they voted against impeaching uh, Alejandro Mayorkas uh, in a vote of 216 to 214. How about that?
8: They also uh, the Democrats also wheeled what's his name Al Green, the the, the guy from Houston. Like he'd just come from surgery. They wheeled him in there just so he could make a, a dramatic no vote, uh, you know, while j- fresh from surgery, and it, kind of pulling like a John McCain, didn't he do a sort of something similar to that? Uh, you know, well, he wasn't uh, he, he wasn't in uh, yeah. in a wheelchair, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, it was it was supposed to be this big dramatic effect. It, it, and it wasn't. It kind of fell I, short. I, I thought so. I think it definitely fell flat. It definitely looked like a uh, a stunt more than anything. It is
2: uh, six ten here at KLBJ. Listen, you could join us at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. What do you think about this uh, this interview with, between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin? Kind of sidestepping the mainstream media, really, because. The mainstream media, they wouldn't go talk to Vladimir Putin at this time, even though a lot of the mainstream media have interviewed him over the years. Uh, for some reason, now that uh, you know Tucker Carlson interviews him, it's it's something bad. Trump wasn't even on the ballots, and Nikki Haley loses uh, Nevada's Republican presidential primary. Uh, kind of uh, kind of an embarrassing moment. none of the above is the big winner in uh, in Nevada last night. Yeah, the former president Donald Trump wasn't even on the ballot uh, but his absence wasn't enough to help secure any kind of victory for uh, the last remaining major rival uh, that's Nikki Haley. Yeah, voters cast their ballots in the state-run Republican nominating contest. Uh, they, they they couldn't write in Trump's name, but they could vote for none of these candidates as an option. And none of these
8: candidates got uh, more than 30% of the votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to extend my hearty congratulations to none of these candidates for beating Nikki Haley last night. It's got to be a big triumph. You know, she's a powerhouse. This doesn't signal good news for Nikki Haley at all. And, and you know she'll find a reason to stick around all the way just to get to South Carolina where Trump is going to do this exact same thing to her himself in her own backyard. You're upset that she's still in there. Yeah, I, I just I, I, think I it's wasting it. time. You know whose time? She she's wasting the Republican Party's time is what she's doing. They should be unified behind their one goal. No, there should be a debate. There should be a process. This is part of the process. Well, if they want a debate, I'm not saying there shouldn't be. I'm just yeah. saying she's absolutely wasting her time. You're saying get rid of the process and just uh just no, uh, just anoint Trump. I didn't say that. Well, I just want to make sure because I, I don't didn't say I don't, that because I, I know you don't mean to say that, but. Well, That's, no, no, no. I, I said she's wasting her time. She's wasting her time. And the Republican Party's time as
2: well. Well, uh, while her name was on the ballots, the former two-term South Carolina governor, who uh, uh, later served as the U ambassador in the Trump administration, ignored the Nevada primary. Haley didn't even campaign in Nevada ahead of the primary. It hasn't been in the state, uh, you know, since uh, speaking in late October at the Republican-Jewish coalition's annual leadership conference. Uh, and uh, in, in terms of Nevada... We have not spent a dime nor an ounce of energy on Nevada. Is what Haley's campaign manager Bestia Betsy Anke had to say. So Nevada uh, is not even uh, in our focus, she says.
8: Yeah, but I guess what, like, no, no delegates were up for up for grabs, right? If I'm not mistaken, there. Yeah, uh, uh, so I, I think I think I'm right there. I, anyway, uh, it's, so yeah, it doesn't sound like Donald Trump cared much either. Yeah, uh, but uh, well,
2: Trump, uh, you know, he he, I think he got some. What did he get? Uh, well, some people. I mean, nobody. He wasn't even on the ballot, no, no. so he got zero. So they they wrote in that none of the above. Thing. Yeah, he's going to be the doing the caucus All thing. Right. Listen, uh, in business news, check this out: Samsung's massive new semiconductor plant in Taylor is now ju- just months away from launching operations. This, is according to uh, County Judge Bill Gravel, this week he he recently uh, uh, took a trip to South Korea.
1: He said, uh, other than New York and Los Angeles, the most well named. N- n- uh, the most well-known name city in the Republic of Korea was the city of Taylor, Texas. How
2: about that, Bill Gravel, there, the the Williamson County judge, uh, said he had a
1: conversation with the CFO of Samsung Worldwide. It is my understanding from that conversation that Samsung Taylor. Uh, will begin receiving occupants in their headquarters or their their building facility uh, mm. no later than July the first, and that they will begin manufacturing within that time frame. Yeah.
2: Now, uh, Gravel has uh, has learned that uh, the Taylor plant will begin taking on employees no later than July the first, with manufacturing uh, set to kick off shortly thereafter. I, I would think that. Uh I would think that, uh, you know, some of the folks out there at the job site know a little bit more about this because I've already gotten a couple of texts this morning say saying June uh, July first, I don't know about that. We got a lot of work out here to do,
8: Yeah, well, i, I uh, i've I've heard some kind of differing uh, opinions on that. You know, some people in the I think in the economic department are a little less convinced of that timeline. But uh, uh, either way, I, I think by next year is they still have the plan to have you know the full mass manufacturing underway. So even if they did launch sometime this summer, it would be yeah. on a very very small scale. It's massive out there. You yeah, mean, it's like uh, you know uh, the
2: the cranes are everywhere. They're building new highway in there, new roads, and man, it's really going to transform
8: that little city of Taylor, Texas. Yeah. Well, and they're going to be building a Maybe. second a second fabrication plan as well. They're, they're already, I think, about to lay the, the foundation for that one. It's yeah. going to be more than 11 million square feet all combined. That's a lot.
2: Yeah. Now, I, I would think that the city of Taylor's already seen some of the impact, right? You know, home prices, that kind of thing. Are they? Uh, are, are they starting to see that? I mean, I go to Taylor every once in a while, do a little bit of shopping, a little bit of dinner, that kind of thing. There's some, some really cool stuff there in uh, in Taylor, Texas. You know, they transformed that old high school into a restaurant, the old uh, Ducks High School which is really cool. And they got a few other things, including uh, an old high school where they transformed into kind of a... I don't want to say a flea market; that makes it sound less than, but it was more of like a, a place where people can rent a, a classroom to sell their things. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, arts and crafts and stuff like that. There's there's a lot of really cool things happening in Taylor, Texas. Yeah, I'm just curious if it's being motivated
8: or spurred by some of this construction at Samsung nearby. I, I I would I would assume that it would there would have to be some sort of impact like that. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got a lot of people that are going to be moving to that well once small town of Taylor, Texas. It's about to be a you know. It's a a growing town. It's really kind of exciting to see what's going on there. I
2: guess we knew before, but I I, I don't recall how many people they plan to employ out there. It's got to be thousands and thousands, right? I don't know the exact number, but man, that's a big deal.
8: Yeah, I I mean, we've this is you know it kind of rolled in with a lot of fanfare, and and they've been you know they've been powering along with it. I I I think it would be great if we could see it up and running on that timeline, like Bill Gravel said by uh, July. Yeah, one texter says uh, housing prices have skyrocketed in Taylor.
2: Okay, all right. I, I I haven't noticed that, but uh, I'm going to take your word for it. But uh, I would think that that would happen. Yeah, I would think that that would be the result.
8: Yeah. Well, and and you know the expectation is. I mean, I think it's I think it's about two thousand people that that Samsung's going to be employing there. So you know that that's that's going to spike things up a lot too. You know, there's going to a, a big need for more housing around there now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it makes sense that it would drive things up. It's a beautiful place, man. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think there's a lot of investment opportunity, possibly. Yeah, I, I, Taylor's a very, it's really, it, it, uh, I, I could see why people would enjoy you know, kind of moving out there and setting up shop. I've always enjoyed it every time I've gone. Out. I think you're right. It is great, great investment time right now mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for that whole area, really.
2: All right. Uh, uh, you could join us at 512 836 There are two bars and a pinball arcade at that old Taylor High School. It's pretty cool. Uh, sometimes they have all kinds of sales going on, too. They have a lot of vendors inside there. It's a really cool setup. I, I think they have did an interesting thing
8: with that old high school, refurbishing it. So, they, so they still do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. i got to yeah. check that out sometime.
2: All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. Let me squeeze in uh, uh, Jonathan. He's checking in from Taylor. Jonathan, good morning.
1: Good morning, guys. Uh, just to let you know, I can tell you who's really proliferating from it is the county because... I've got a building in downtown Texas, about twenty thousand square feet and uh, the tax value doubled a hundred percent up on the old commercial property.
8: Wow. That's pretty big.
1: But <laughs> how about uh how about they how about the come in and buy the building from me?
2: Man, that's amazing. That's and, and 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 what kind of representation do you get from that tax bill?
1: Uh pretty much <laughs> because I don't have kids in school, and, uh, well, I don't really think they do much out there.
2: Man, that's amazing. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a big jump.
1: Yep. And then uh, when you go down there to negotiate with the old county, they say, oh, we're just sorry that you own commercial property. Instead, they ought to say, here's a check. We'll take it from you.
2: Yeah. Man, oh, man. Thanks for checking in, man. That's that's a big jump right there. Yeah. It is uh, 623. Listen, as expected last night, uh, President Biden easily won the uh, Democrat primary in Nevada. He's got no opponent. Remember, they don't. Uh, they're not embracing democracy in any way on the on the left. Yeah. And the
6: incumbent President Biden had been widely expected to carry the primary. Author Marion Williamson was also on the ballot on the Republican side. Nikki Haley faced no major challenger Tuesday in Nevada's presidential primary, but still lost. His voters had a choice to reject all the candidates on the ballot and instead choose to vote for none of these candidates. That choice came out on top. Thanks to a change in state law in 2021, Nevada will also hold caucuses Thursday, in which former President Trump will participate in, but Haley will not. Ted Lindner,
2: Fox News. All right, there you go. Uh, I, I I don't think Nikki Haley is seeing this as uh, as an embarrassment at all. Yeah, She spent no money, didn't even try to try to go there. Yeah, like. neither Haley nor Trump seemed like they cared much about Nevada. Listen, uh, the chair of the Republican National Committee may soon be stepping down as well.
5: A published report says RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel plans to resign following the South Carolina primary February 24th. She reportedly told former President Trump of her intentions after he hinted in an interview Monday that McDaniel needed to step down. She had been coming under criticism in recent months so for the RNC's fundraising. According to the New York Times, Trump is expected to throw his support behind North Carolina GOP Chair Michael Whatley. While Trump can make a recommendation, a new election must take place before it's a done deal. Sue Guzman, Fox News. I don't
2: think people have been happy with that Rona McDaniel at all. No. For a few years, it seems like.
8: Yeah, she really hasn't, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think she's represented the party all that well. You know, I, I think she's been, uh, we've had a lot better. She could have done a better job be, before her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised that you know that, that, that this happened. I mean, it, not aggressive, it, I, not I,
2: strong on camera, not strong on a mic, that kind of thing. Not not really fighting for the uh,
8: you know the the people. All of the above, I think the not really fighting for the people thing is a big one. And uh, I, I I've seen a lot of people that are very very frustrated with her online and and actually very overjoyed now.
2: 633 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, jump in at 512-836-0590. Jennifer Crumley, the Michigan woman charged in connection with her son's deadly school shooting rampage in 2021, has now been convicted of involuntary manslaughter. This is an unprecedented case. I just
0: spoke with the father of Hannah St. Juliana, and we also heard from the father of Justin Schilling. Those parents who lost their children in that shooting say today is a st- toward accountability but also looking forward to what is next
7: the cries have been heard and it, I, I feel that this verdict is gonna echo throughout every household in the country and I feel it's necessary and i'm i'm happy with the verdict jennifer crumbly
0: found by this jury guilty on all four counts of involuntary manslaughter one parent telling me it's not a matter of if this is going to happen again but when and he was referring to Mm. mass shootings taking place at schools yeah
2: this unanimous verdict it came on the second day of jury deliberations in a landmark trial in which Crumley became the first parent to be held criminally responsible for a mass shooting committed by their child. Crumley's 45 was convicted on all four counts of involuntary manslaughter of one of each of the victims in the attack there at Oxford High School back in November of 2021. And uh, her son, Ethan, now 17, uh, pleaded guilty as an adult to murder, terrorism, and other crimes, and was sentenced in uh, December to life in prison without parole. Uh, Jennifer Cromley now faces up to 15 years in prison per count, and remains held on bond. She will be sentenced April the ninth. Uh, yeah, jump in here five one two eight three six zero five
8: ninety. The 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 prosecution really threw everything, including the kitchen sink. Out. I it was, it was like more than 400 pieces of evidence, text messages and photos from the from the phone. They painted her as as this neglectful mother. Who cared a lot more about her hobbies and extramarital affairs than taking care of her son? And then, you know, not long before that that shooting, uh, they bought him that gun. And then uh, I I think they were even called to school. Like there was a disturbing some disturbing drawings and. So it sounds to me like they, they had a really strong case here. I, I know it's uh, you know this is very unprecedented, but it sounds to me like they had a very strong argument here. Yeah, the prosecution did a good job of uh, painting the
2: 15-year-old as somebody that was mentally ill, mm-hmm. struggling with uh, his thoughts. He had a journal. He was writing and drawing strange things about shooting up a school. And Well, the allegations are that mom and dad just ignored that and didn't get any help for him. Yeah. And in fact, they bought him a gun when he was 15. He he was very clear, according to the prosecution, they called more than 20 witnesses, including law enforcement officials, school staff members, uh, while the defense brought just one, the defendants. Uh, to prove the case, the prosecution tried to portray Crumley as a neglectful mother who cared more about her hobbies and, uh, and this and this extramarital affair, yeah. you know, this uh, this process. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. And the father still has his day in court
8: for the very same charges, yeah. and and the the mother's defense attorney was was kind of throwing it all at him, you know, saying he was the one who should have been storing this weapon properly. He knew uh, that you know that that his son was having some problems with this. I expect him to to I, he may get an, an even harsher sentence. Well, on the day of the shooting,
2: after Cromley's uh, were summoned to the school because of some disturbing drawings of a gun in a in in a journal that her son made, well, the parents didn't tell school officials that, yeah, he had access to a gun mm-hmm. or even take him home. They left him there at school. They just left, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not even sure if, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this came out in the trial, but I'm not
8: even sure if they uh, went through his bag that day, his, his, his backpack. It doesn't sound like they paid very much attention to, to what was going on with him. You know, because 15-year-olds, a parent buying a 15-year-old a firearm, absolutely no problem with that. As long as, you know, the, the you're you're doing it responsibly as a parent, you're teaching your child, you're, you're paying attention to what's going on with your child, and you're not buying a gun for your child if he's, you know, acting out and, and showing signs of, of concern like mm-hmm. this. So I think that uh, they probably, um, th- th- this is probably a, a just ruling. It's just, it's it's odd because you've never, you know, we've never heard it. We've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. But I, I think the dad, uh, James, James Crumley, I think is his name, he's, he's, probably going to go down exactly like she did probably so
2: absolutely if yeah not, if not more yeah listen uh you could jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five90 uh yeah I mean uh I, I, a lot of people listening you, you, you got that first hunting rifle and that shotgun you know 13 14 15 years yeah. old with with really good parent supervision they bought him a handgun at yeah. 15. yeah that seems odd I'd never buy my 15 year old a handgun
8: Maybe not buy it for him, but certainly you know if if we were out together on the range or hunting or something, you know that's different. You know, uh, or say you know one day when you're old enough, this one will be yours. That mm-hmm. kind of thing, sure, sure. Uh, but you know, it, hey, it, hey,
2: son, here's your gun.
8: You're 15. You have ac- unlimited access and, and no supervision. Yeah, that's not good that's to give a- to give a teen, especially nowadays, uh, compl- unfettered access to it. Yeah, it, that that it's just asking for, you know, it, it's it, illegal. I mean. I, I, I probably wouldn't have initially thought, well, he's going to go straight for the school shooting and the mass shooting, but, but you was, know, at least one person's probably going to get shot when you have this troubled teen who you've given an a- access to a firearm that, that w- with no supervision at all.
2: I don't know. Keeping a journal talking about shooting up a school is a pretty good red flag. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Six thirty nine. uh Jump in at 512-836-0590. A 23-year-old Palestinian-American is recovering in the hospital after being stabbed uh, in the chest Sunday night, the Austin Police Department now uh, confirms they, they called the weekend stabbing near the University of Texas, Austin campus bias motivated, uh, saying it will be reviewed by the hate crimes review committee after the DFW chapter of the council on his American Islamic relations. Uh, they called this a uh, hate charge crime uh, to be brought forth. Well, this incident happened near uh, Nuasis and 26th Streets. Uh, the victim, Zachariah, was taken to the hospital with a stab wound and uh, and a broken rib, according to his family. Bert James Baker, 36, was arrested in this uh, incident and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. University of Texas uh, campus police previously said that neither the suspect nor the victim were affiliated with UT. However, UT student organization, the Palestine uh, Solidarity Committee, they released a statement and they feel the attack, um, you know, could have happened to a student. Now, they were attending some sort of... uh, Pro Palestinian, uh, calling for a ceasefire, kind of rally uh, there, there at UT campus, and afterwards is is when this incident happened. Just as Zachariah and, and of other people were in a car as they stopped at a stop sign, uh, according to the story, the the attacker, uh, James Baker, age 36, Bert James Baker, uh, was able to open the door and stab him, and and, st- and there was a fight, mm. and that's how uh, how
8: it all went down. So is there are you aware of any video of this? I'm just curious, you know, that we're talking we live in an era where everything's on video. Uh they're coming from a big rally where you know everybody had their cameras out. Sure. And I'm just curious, any of this caught on video? I have I,
2: not I, seen any video. Uh nobody's even said there is video, but uh,
8: I I would assume it's possible. Yeah. yeah. I just I uh, I uh, somebody got stabbed and and that's uh you know, it it's yet another violent crime happening around the West Campus, uh, the Austin Police Department seems convinced that there may be some sort of ra- racial bias behind this. Is this uh, Bert James Baker, this 36-year-old that's uh, that's accused in this assault, is he a homeless man? Can't really tell. I, I haven't heard anything whether or not he's homeless or not. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, the, the the they might have that disheveled look of somebody who's been on the streets for a long time. That'd be homeless, right? Yeah, I, I don't think that he necessarily, I- he kind of looked a little... Clean cut we don't know don't don't have any idea. That's all right we don't day. know but uh it,
2: it, it kind of fits that profile uh Zachariah husband a father of a five month old according to his father uh they had a, a press conference in a rally yesterday on this issue and he was uh he apparently was with three friends all Palestinian Americans when Baker on his bike uh approached their vehicle at a stop sign and uh and apparently that's when uh you know he, he could see a, a, a scarf a Palestinian scarf what's it called a I'm not sure what it's called, but anyway, it was kind of hanging out the passenger door handle, and that's when he approached uh, and attacked, apparently, according hmm. to the story. Hmm. The the preliminary investigation here. 36 years old, and uh, yeah, Bert James Baker. He's locked up this morning.
8: I guess uh, he w- when, when he was being interviewed by police, he was telling them that he wasn't really even sure why he was being interviewed by detectives. Uh, I think that he was sort of indicating that he might have been extremely drunk, Um uh, wasn't really sure, uh, you know, necessarily why he, he like the, the the mugshot of him. He's got this big. It you know, looks like he got beat up. Like got in a fight or something. Yeah, there was, was a there was a scuffle. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he's like he like, well, I, I I'm not really sure why I have blood on my face. So it's kind of what you know. I, I I will be interested to see you know once this this review by the hate crimes committee comes down. You know what what really went down here because it does seem like just such a random attack on somebody out in the middle of nowhere. Sounds like a machete attack on the hike and bike trail.
2: 48 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us at 512-836-0590. The Alaska Army National Guard is planning deployment to the U.S. border with Mexico. Uh, Here's a quote. Uh, Yeah, the Guard has been notified by the National Guard Bureau that it's authorized to begin training in preparation for possible mobilization to support the federal southwest border mission in early 2025. Uh, That according to Major General uh, Torrid Sachs of the uh, Alaskan National Guard. So uh, sometime in 2025, the Alaskan Guard's (laughs) going to come down to uh, to help uh, secure the border. That is, does that give you an idea how focused uh, the administration and politicians are on uh, fixing this problem?
8: What, that they're waiting until pr- 2025? They're planning on troops arriving in 2025. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out, are they, are they going to make the, this trek by foot? Is that, is that what's thinking so long? Yeah, I mean, that's a long way to walk from Alaska, right? Yeah. My, my I, point is, is this is an
2: indication that this problem's not going to be solved anytime soon. Definitely won't. We're planning troop deployment years
8: in advance. Yeah, it definitely won't be. I I I think that's a, but you know it, it's also nice to see that there are so many states out there that want to help out. Yeah, you know that that's that's uh that, that you know gives me hope. House
2: representatives uh, they led security Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas off the hook uh, for the border crisis uh, created under his watch. It was a vote of 2016, 216 to two fourteen last night. Mm. Uh, Representative Kent Buck, a Republican from Colorado, uh, Tom McClintock, the Republican from California announced before the vote that they would uh, vote against the impeachment. impeachment, And they were joined by uh, Republican Mike Gallagher uh, from Wisconsin and Blake Moore from Utah Mm. in voting against uh, this impeachment. Now, Gallagher expressed concerns with the impeachment yesterday morning in a uh, closed-door conference with the Republicans. Uh, Buck, who announced last year that this would be his final term, has openly expressed a desire to work for MSNBC and CNN. So uh, there you go, McClintock, who uh, last year told uh, many news outlets that he believes the impeachment is is unconstitutional. So uh, so there you go. You got these four that have uh, voted against the Republicans' efforts to impeach Mayorkas.
8: Well, you know, I keep hearing people say that the impeachment efforts here are unconstitutional, at, uh, or, or that there's no 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 grounds. And it's like, well, what has he done that would warrant him keeping his job? And to further that, what has Joe Biden done that has warranted him not getting impeached for, for his dereliction of duty along the border? Mm-hmm. This, I mean, Mayorkas works for him, right? They both need to go. He's only following orders, right? I mean, what we're seeing down there is treasonous. They both need to go.
2: Yes. Uh, jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. 590 That Michigan mom charged a connection with her son's deadly school shooting. Her name is Jennifer Crumley. She's now been found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, provided the kid with the gun when he was 15. Uh, the prosecution did a really good job of uh, basically portraying her as a, a mother who wasn't even concerned about her kids yeah. and uh, overlooked, uh, I guess, the pleas for help when it comes to mental health care. This youngster was even asking for help. Yeah, School administrators had a meeting that day with mom and dad, and, uh, yeah, they just left and left him there at school and didn't say anything about him having access to a gun. And he was drawing pictures in this journal of a gun and shooting up the school.
8: Yeah, it's another one. I mean, it seems like every time we have one of these mass shootings, we hear about red flags.
2: You know, there's, and I I don't know quite how to say it, but the involuntary manslaughter thing, I'm not sure that's the right charge and the right conviction. I'm not 100% sure about that. She should, she's guilty of something. But uh, she's not alone in her guilt, right? Dad has some responsibility too. Sure, Absolutely. Uh, Doc is checking in from I-35 this morning. Hey, Doc, good morning.
1: Hey, good morning, Todd and Oz. Yes, So Yes, sir. Yeah, continuing from talking with uh, uh, Mark and Melinda yesterday afternoon before it got cut off on the Mallorcas impeachment vote. But regarding this uh, Michigan mom shooter, yeah, the sentence is correct, given the evidence that they have, and no doubt the father will face uh, similar fate. Uh, However, the question is, where's the attention for negligence on the school administration? School personnel are not under the same burden on search and seizure as is law enforcement. They had serious concerns about this young man. They had the bloody violent drawings in the journal. They had his cell phone activity. Ask some questions there in the office with that backpack containing the pistol sitting there on the floor. Yeah. Ask some questions. Do you own a gun? Do you have excess, access to a gun? Look in his eyes. The eyes are the gates to the soul. Or,
2: or at the very least, Doc, look in that bag, right?
1: Yeah. That's yeah. all they should have done, and this tragedy would have been prevented. Mm-hmm. It's
2: their
8: fault. yeah. I think there's a lot of blame to go around here. Schools and parents, I think they, they both share. The schools you know, have a level some, of blame. Schools here.
2: have a certain level of immunity and protection from lawsuits, sure in some regards. but uh, but yeah, No, Doc uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah mom is is responsible for her 15 year old, so is Dad, but you're right, the school could have taken some steps to uh, to prevent, prevent this tragedy as well. Just going through his bag would have saved the day. Right? Yeah. And and mom and dad were at the school. They had a meeting that day about his mental health. Yes. And, and at no point in that meeting did mom and dad say, well, yeah, we, we recognize he's drawing weird pictures. Uh, it, we also bought him a gun. And he has access to this weapon. In fact, he may have the weapon in his bag right now. Yeah. At, at, the, at the very least, the adults could have been asking those kind of questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I'm a retired school administrator every day. We had occasion to address these kinds of issues. Yeah. And as far as suspicion, do not ask the parents their permission to suspend a student when he's violated school code of conduct. Mm. Send his ass home. Yeah, I hear you, Doc. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10, on News Radio KLBJ
0: license 26099e smart sense brought to you by smart air heating and cooling right now you can save up to $3400 on a new comfort system whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to or you want to get ahead of the summer heat it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at smart air call now and take advantage of this smart offer from smart air call 512-600-4311 that's
5: 512-600-4311 or visit smartairaustin.com